The following is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters. Oh, yeah. Two microphones. And one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J.K.? You get it. That's what I thought was so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith Brake, here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. Midweek show because midweek show. We're trying to find content and do other jobs. And I'm going on staycation. Oh, are you staycation? Staycation. All I ever wanted is a staycation. Yeah. Yeah. No, the song. Vacation, all I ever wanted. That song. The Go-Go's? No? You know what I liked about your softball broadcast this week? That I lobbed Marlena Rogers a bunch of old man stuff and she didn't get it. A couple of classic, it was classic rock songs. I mean, I I sent her a message that uh, I'm glad somebody else uh, felt my pain. (laughs) Pain's not the right word. Somebody else knows what I feel like when you drop a reference and I just stare at you because you're waiting for me to finish something that you know I don't know. Both of what us. What you think to, I would know? You're you're the one with the master's degree. I figured you would be the one that's you know a little more cultured because you've been around an academic environment for so long. But I guess not, far be it from me to ascertain your level of cultural okay. aptitude. All right, all right, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just because you're using words you know I don't understand, I'm going to take that as a sign of disrespect. Okay. I need you to tone it down a little. Are we firing up? Jay knows the English language right now. No, not now. Not now. It sure Not, feel, it feels like we're warming up for that. No, but I tried to use a word today that uh, uh, butchered in the senior staff meeting, uh, and I'm trying to remember what I was trying to say, but um, I tried to conjugate a word that I don't think is supposed to be conjugated, and it uh, it did not go well. Oh, yeah. You do that from time to time. You do that from yes, time to time. Yes, sometimes on purpose, and uh, this was not. This was not mm-hmm. one of those where I could – because sometimes I'll say things just to see people, like, look at me and react, and the ones that know me realize it's part of the shtick, and then – uh, but sometimes I do that not meaning, and I'll still look at them that way and see if they can figure out if I really messed up or not. And uh, today I tried to recover, and people in the room were like, no, no, that's not. You, you, no. cl- you clearly thought that was a word and can't be done that way, and it cannot. I can't remember what it was. I'll think about it. And I'll, I'm I'll, sorry. I'm sorry a, on your behalf. It was a good one. I, I was just uh, – we don't really have a lot else. I mean, if you want to do Jay knows the English language on the fly, we can. I can, no, pull, up, I can pull up no, a couple of words. Not today. I got Merriam-Webster right in front of I've me. I've already embarrassed there. myself in, in, in front of colleagues that, you know. Yeah. Uh, which, I, that's an everyday. I don't know why I was really. I was going to say, like, that's that's a day that ends in a Y for you. Oh, implementation. I tried to say. Did uh, you say implementate? Uh, no, I, because we have a new, uh, I think you got to hit the bumper if you're going to do this. No, if we're going to go into this, you got to hit the bumper. I don't want, it's a long bumper. It's yeah, a, I know it is, but it's bumper. a great you bumper. You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? He texted me at two in the morning. Please. The number four. Have we? And he never brought it up again. So middle of the day on a Wednesday, he sent me munch, no, no, from, from, no, ain't no punctuation ever. He's got to have letters missing from his keyboard. I'm still trying to figure that one out, bro. The back end of two basketball games and a football game in the same weekend, it was a 6 a.m. email that said, shoe runs my world curls, which either meant who runs the world girls, that Beyonce song, or was just a terrible shoe joke. Welcome to Jay Knows the English Language, the soothing 
bossa nova tones that perfectly contrast with Jay's butchering of normal everyday words. So there's a new system that's going to handle payroll. Yes. Okay. And the city of Johnson City uses the same system, and they had a bunch of issues because not of the system they're using, but the company that implemented it. And I was trying to say the implementation, and I don't know what word came out, but it was not near that. And then I tried to say it a second time, and finally somebody said, will you please just give up? We know what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Was it implementate? I don't know. Um, I was trying to get to, I never got to implementation until later. Okay. I was trying to get to there. I don't know what I did that was in between that, but it wasn't that. And it, it, it brought a little uh, levity to the, you know, to the deal. Cause were you, were you dolorous in the aftermath of that? Uh, I mean, I was wearing shorts, if that's what you're asking. Is that not what you're asking? That is not what I'm asking. Oh. That is not what dolorous means. Okay. You want to know what dolorous means? Sure. You want to take a stab at it? No, I do not. Well, it's just like, were you dolorous in the aftermath of having butchered implementation? Uh, I was not disbarred from a meeting. Is that what? No. Dolorous means causing, marked by, or expressing misery or grief. I mean, they were probably... Uh, well, they were all dolorous because they had to be in a room with you trying to... Understand use, and using this language. Like <laughs> verbs. Yeah. Uh, basic verbs. Uh, what about uh, hackles? I feel like I had that once. Yeah? Any kind of shackles? No. No. Hackles are hairs along the neck and back of an animal, especially a dog, that are capable of being raised to a stiff, upright position. The hairs on the back of your neck... Like when you get in a scary situation or you're near a lightning strike? So when I've been told as I've taken off my shirt at the beach that I should take off the cashmere sweater, which is not a cashmere sweater. So I feel like I could actually have that much hair. Stand. No, that's like back hair. I'm talking about like specifically the hair I'm on just the talking back about of your neck. Full body hair. Yeah, okay. Well, Are you that's... lacking full body hair? You probably are. Um, nah, but I don't make a point of discussing it. You don't like talking about body hair. Nobody wants to see that or or know anything about it. Uh, how I, and and to um, to undergird that point. That's your last word. Undergird. We will move to undergird that point. We will move on from this discussion. <laughs> how do you spell undergird? U n u n d e r g i r d. Under like undergarments and uh-huh. gird like girder like a building gird like a steel girder mm-hmm. undergird like people use these words yes people absolutely I've, I've seen undergird all the time undergird is the one that I've seen the most of the three that we've just done how many times have you used undergird in a broadcast or would you once I think really? I used it once um well, no, I, I didn't. Use, no, I didn't. I didn't use it for uh, a broadcast. I used it in discussing recruiting. Um, they undergirded a star-studded front court with an excellent JUCO player that will support the four and the five. Supplement. Yes, to strengthen or right, support. Look at me. Hey, I to, got a context clue. Let's go. Thing. Let's go. To strengthen or support from below, or to form the basis <laughs> or foundation of. There you go, bud. There Let's you go. go. You did it. Undergird. What's the what's oh no, now he's gonna do something else. Uh-oh! Now we're doing something else. 
You might not know what Murr's words mean, but you know what sounds mean. Portal Watch. Well, I guess we got to start with ETSU. Jordan King does have a new home. Yes. Jordan King is not going His spidey sense has uh, tingled. I wish I had a Spider-Man uh, thingy there. I would have did it, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Did we give enough? Surely they know. Uh, Spider-Man is a phenomenal comic book. It's actually the most popular comic book superhero is Spider-Man, uh, which I, I, I've started getting into comics lately. By the way, comic book stores are awesome, mm-hmm. like especially if you mm-hmm. get like a mm-hmm. good local one because sometimes they'll just cut you deals on stuff that you would not get at a big box store. Like it's just like randomly, it's like, okay, that's listed for 20 bucks, but you're buying a bunch of other stuff, so I'm going to give it to you for 13 uh, it's just like, oh, okay, okay. And here, here's this other thing that's probably a twenty dollar value. You're gonna throw this in for nothing. Uh, sure, great. But no, I do, I do love Spider Man. But yes, Jordan King is now a Spider Man. He is slinging a web up I eighty one to Richmond. He's gonna be a Richmond Spider for his final season of college basketball. Which is good for him, uh, you know. I'm disappointed that he won't be here, uh, but I, I understand. You know, it's new coach, new situation. It's not going to be for everybody. You want to test the waters and go find something to go find someplace else to play that final year? I respect that. So I wish him the best. The only other one I saw in the league, Messiah Jones, the buck killer himself, will be going to Towson. He'll be a Towson Tiger. So he goes from... Wofford uh, down in Spartanburg to Baltimore. Right? Play for Pat Scary. Pat Scary. Not going to send him a Christmas card. It's a war. <laughs> that these two teams don't like each other. It's a battle and a war. Fifteen. Which I was shocked when we. Uh, I love. I love Pat Scary. By the way, that's you know that's done in, that's done out of, from a place of love. Well, I like Pat. Yeah, he's fun. Dealt with Pat a couple times. Uh. More fo- I thought at this point, we talked about last time, that there were a lot of people on the new school and not a, just the previous school, the blank new school, meaning weren't a lot of people going in, but yeah. uh, there were. There were like 60 mm-hmm. more went in over the past three days, up yeah. to 1507 went in the portal. Now, some have found homes, but 1507 in the portal, yeah. over a quarter, approaching 30% mm-hmm. of every Division One player has opted to look somewhere else. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot. That's uh, it's a lot. Now, some of those players are graduate transfers, right? Like their original Correct. team when they got the COVID waiver. So if I, if memory serves, if you have a player that got that was on your team during the 2020-21 season and you got the COVID waiver and that player would now be out of eligibility without that waiver, you can exceed the scholarship limit only to retain that player. Like, you could have 14 players as long as that player is one of. That player is your 14th player on scholarship. I don't know if that is exactly true, but it's my understanding was you could exceed that scholarship limit to keep players that were subject to the waiver. The problem is most programs aren't going to do that either because they haven't budgeted for it or because it doesn't make sense for a guy's degree program or there's some other reason why they're not going to do it. Um, or, I, or the guy just wants to move on. I could else. be incorrect, but I believe the extra scholarship is only given the year after. That could be for, that for could those only be the seniors. One that could be the one year. So it was only I think it was only for that one where they got the okay. extra year, but okay. your extra year would have been with that school if they stayed at that school. 
then they were allowed to go to 14. Cause I think ETSU actually had 14 or 15. If I'm ah, right. that makes sense. And then, then it was supposed to go back down because those people I, I, were yeah. phased out. And so, um, but we haven't really phased out those numbers yet. But that was what I was going to say. That being said, there's still numbers of guys still two more years, I think, that could have started during COVID that are still extra fifth-year guys that are going to still be in this. It's going to Correct. flood the market more. And in two years, this some of this market will shrink down. And again, we keep being told that the one transfer, unless you graduate, you, they're not going to grant these waivers. We still got to wait and see. Right. I have my doubts um, that NCAA will take the hard line. If they do, I think you'll see that slow. Then you add that, and then I think everyone that's losing their mind, like Nick Vitale and everybody else, um, about how college basketball is now just the most abysmal thing. Can I just? Time. Can I just say, like, yes, you can, because you know, I know how you feel, and I actually agree with you. Well, Vital. Everybody says a lot of people are saying this. It's a very common talking point, and Vital kind of took it hook, line, and sinker. It's like the transfer portal is killing mid majors, baby. And okay, could you remind me what teams were in the Final Four? Miami was in the ACC. Okay, yeah, sure. correct. They, they they use the transfer portal to great effect. UConn is in the Big East, not exactly a mid major. And then who are the other two? San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. So the transfer portal is so catastrophically destroying mid majors that two of them just made the Final Four. So my theory is, is Dick Vitale, who is not a huge fan of the mid-majors, a big fan of the big schools, is actually mad about the big schools, but he's trying to sell it as the mid-majors. That's what I think. Because that's what a lot of the, the, the college, I mean, that's what a lot, I mean, a lot of the talking heads and all that, they're upset that the Blue Bloods, whether they want to admit it or not, aren't, that's why you're seeing Jim Bayham. oh my gosh, they're buying people. Uh, has anybody checked Jim's record? And, um, you know, some of the accusations he's got, he's just mad because th- those schools aren't allowed to sort of corner the market in that now that it is a free open market. Freer so, market. Yeah. Freer market. I mean, let's, you know, there are plenty of san- – I'm not throwing shade on anybody. There are sanctions where people were penalized for this. Yes. So, I mean, and in football, one team got a death penalty. So, I mean, these are factual things. It's just now that you can do it a little more widespread and legally. Or not widespread, just legally, right? There's nothing. So it's opened up some of the markets that's gone. And the other thing is we're just starting to see is that people just really aren't willing to wait their turn. Before you could see people, you know, I'm a freshman, I'm going to maybe redshirt, I'm going to get maybe four or five minutes as a freshman, I'll get 12 minutes and I'll become a starter and get 25 and then 32. Like that doesn't happen. If you don't get your 30 minutes ahead of time, a lot of people are um, going somewhere else, which is fine. And that ends up benefiting mid-majors because because the freshman, you know, the four-star and five-star recruits are going to drop down a level and level-ish. Like well, a tier within Division One, they're going to drop down into a mid-major program or mid-major conference, and they're going to add talent. And it's there is so much talent that mid-majors never would have sniffed without the transfer portal that is coming to mid-major programs now. There is more parity than ever in college basketball. It is the complete opposite of college football, where there I, I don't know that there's ever been less parity in college football. There is I'm not sure there's ever been more in men's college basketball. And we're going to get there with women's college hoops at some point. It might be tougher with 15 scholarships, but that I'm not going to I'm that's that's beating a dead horse. I'm not going to do that. Um 
you know that is I've eventually done I've done that enough for the both. Eventually, of us. eventually, it's going to start to benefit some of the mid-major programs. We still see. I mean, South Dakota State's still capable to go into a Sweet 16. They did that in what 2019. So there's there's parity there as well, and that is beginning to uh, accelerate. But there's never been more parity in my lifetime in men's college hoops than what we have right now. And you cannot you cannot convince me that the transfer portal is not a beneficial thing for mid-majors as much as it could be a detrimental thing where, okay, your freshman of the year in the conference every year is going to try to transfer to a high major, and they're probably going to do it. But you know what happens? Is you get access to somebody else's graduate transfers or somebody else's sophomore or juniors that are doing the one-time transfer because they don't have a spot because the other team would rather have that one guy for three years that they find after the fact that they missed in high school recruiting. And you end up just as good if not better off because you didn't have to develop that guy. Now, I'm not saying that it's a substitute for good player development. I think teams should still be able to develop their own players because you are going to need those freshmen that stick it out and stick around and rise through the ranks like you were talking about the traditional four or five minutes a game, then 12 minutes a game, then 25, and then 35. Like Those guys still exist. They're still going to be there, and you still need to be able to to rear them but if you need to fill gaps and you need to add talent you can go do that in the transfer portal and have access to players that you had no shot at at a high school so there is a real benefit to the portal for uh this these programs for these mid-major programs they are cashing in on this uh in in a big way and they don't get beat up as much as the punditry would have you believe. And I wish, I wish that people like Dick Vitale or I don't, I don't want to call anybody else out because I don't know of anybody else that's specifically done this, but you, you see this from the commentary at the national commentary at people with hundreds of thousands of followers on social media that talk about, um, that talk about, mid-majors like we're the little sisters of the poor and we're not like this is this is not you know this we're not your prop to try to put undue restrictions on intercollegiate athletics so stop talking about us like that stop talking about us like we're not in the room and actively participating in the system that you're decrying like we're sitting on the sidelines and just being you know picked over like a carcass on the side of the road we're not that we are able to compete. We are able to hold our own. We are doing okay. And these systems have as many benefits for us as they do drawbacks. So unless you're actually going to pay attention to what happens at the mid-major level and not just you know spout off or parrot some coach's cockamaming talking point from like five years ago, maybe sit this one out and let us do our thing. I don't know how to follow that because I agree with everything you just said. There. You, just you say it louder than I do. But I, I, I do. I was, pretty, <laughs> I was pretty fired up. I was pretty fired up. I don't, but listen, I can I can do that. Listen, I used to be, when I worked at IMG, I was the 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 uh, basis for a number of Rage Wolf memes. So I get it. Like, I understand. what I, I project. I talk to the back wall. And 
Uh, it's just the goal is to eventually be able to calm back down. Come back down. Land and stick well, to land. You go zero to 60 and back down, I think. You don't stay up normally. I try not to. I try not, especially not anymore. I have a high, I have a family history of hypertension, so I really can't do it forever. But when it, when something really just gets me mad, like that, it gets me mad. Do you have any good news? Because I felt like that, that, that somehow was bad news. Isn't there some good news? I got one for you. You seen the Sear player in the Pittsburgh Maulers? Yeah, yeah tackle for a loss, that. play a little bit. Good seeing the Sears still playing. Well, if you want to talk about football and portal watch, uh, we do have two more Buccaneers in the portal. Yeah, let's do that before we transition. Then. Um, Eric Campbell, mm-hmm. who started as an outside linebacker, pitched in at inside linebacker. Big when special teamer, to, too. To pile up, big special teamer as well. He's in the portal. And um, Devin Brantley, defensive lineman, is also in the transfer portal for ETSU football. I did uh, walk down to George Coral's office before I could say anything. He says, we got offers out there. I'll let you know when we get something. <laughs> and I turned around and walked yes. off because uh, that was code for he's working. I, I have seen I have seen a lot of linebacker offers. D- I can't, I can't. I've seen a majority of D-line and linebackers. D-line and linebackers. They want to improve the defensive front, and I think they still want at least one and possibly two more corners. But they are looking for a D-line, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and some uh, some help at cornerback as well. Safety, they feel really good about. They feel like they have what they need there between uh, Collier and Arnold, and uh, sounds like uh, Chris Hope is going to move back there and play a little bit of, uh, of of safety again as well. So you've got three guys that can do a lot of different things. Maybe you can throw out a three-safety look. Uh, there are some opportunities to help your corners out if you feel thin or uncomfortable at corner. Well, I know they feel pretty good about two transfers that are trying to graduate and come in the summer on the O-line, but I think they're looking for one more O-line. I think they've talked to a speedy receiver, trying to add just some more straight line, uh, down-the-field threat type uh, receiver. Uh, But that's really it for offense. Everything is pretty much as you would expect on on the defensive end. And so as those come in, we'll know. uh, Basketball, no update yet. I know – uh, they had a, a, a transfer come in, met with over the weekend. I know they also went to a junior college to look at a point guard. So hoping to have uh, more information on that as uh, the scholarship counts. It's seven, six to go, right? There are seven right now with um, Jaden Parker and Makai Johnson in the fold. So you have six left. Women's basketball currently has, uh, I believe it's two scholarships open for next season. And uh, I talked with uh, the staff. I talked with Brendan Mock Brown. I talked with Joe Silvestri, um, the the assistant coach, and they are working on. They want to add, I think, one more guard. And I think they're also, if they could do it, they'd like to add a post player, just so Jayla Rufus Milner has the longest runway possible to get healthy and get back in and make an impact. And then you never know what's going to happen off an ACL. I mean, I trust that JJ's going to be just fine, but you never know what's going to happen off of a, a catastrophic knee injury. So um, you want to be prepared for that anyway. But uh, they are they are looking around um, at uh, adding uh, at least one more guard, and they have some leads on that. Uh, they are looking at adding another post player. They were not as confident on their leads on that, but it seems like they've they've taken a very broad spectrum approach. I would anticipate both of these players being Division One transfers. I I mean, just thinking roster wise and knowing if he's again, as I said earlier, many podcasts go, but I know everybody maybe doesn't listen to all of them. 
I think they're probably trying to bring in two two point guards still for a, men's basketball. For men's basketball, uh, not, uh, I'm going to go to women's basketball in just a second. A shooting, um, at least one more shooting guard, if not two shooting guards, and then one more post, and then the other I'm guessing will be a wild guard, um, kind of best available, maybe a guy. Uh, freshman or a flyer on on something else um or if they don't feel great about one or the other maybe taking two they're not sure about hoping one pans out but i think that's what they're going there on the women's side the only thing you said post that's the that would be the one thing i think they've addressed a lot of needs i would like them and i think that's the direction they're going to try to at least go is to get one more solid post and i think they want one I, i yes now Again, sometimes it's about availability, it's about right. fit, it's all that. I think if they had their druthers, they would get a post, and then I would assume a best available from there, and then just see where that falls. I think usually the last kind of scholarship for a lot of teams, unless you're still in a need, and if women's basketball got two posts, that tells me, hey, they either feel really good about two or they're hoping one of the two pans out. I would say the same thing about men's basketball and the same thing about any roster. Usually when you get the last one in the fold, it's either, hey, we want to bring them along and hope they develop or we're bringing sort of a two and hope that one pan out. And then, again, I've talked to coaches. I'm not, I've not talked to the current staffs particularly about their last, but I think if you – you know, got some true sermon, talked to all the coaches. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the deal. And sometimes it is like, hey, that last one can be one that's just falling through whatever cracks, comes out late, all of a sudden, bam, you, you got you a, a stud player. And, yes, there are certain times people have picked up somebody very late and they've been a starter and everything else. That's not really a norm. It can happen. And I'm not saying it won't happen to these teams, but I really feel like – you know, if women's basketball, I would feel really good if they could get them one more post and then best available from there. On the men's side, there's just more to fill, so it's easier to kind of figure out. A couple of points, at least a shooting guard, maybe a combo guard, and then at least a post, best available out of the six. That would be sort of, I think, a blueprint that would work. Now, if they're able to land on the men's side, you know, uh, the transfer that they had in, the JUCO guy they were talking about, then, I, you know, I know what positions those are, so then we can come back and kind of talk about it. I know they've got a, a, a visit for men's basketball coming in this weekend. Have you heard anything on women's basketball? Do they have any visits scheduled, or do you know? Uh, visits? I'm not sure if anything is coming for the rest of the week. Um, I know that uh, we talked about the guard. They have narrowed that down to a, a short list. Um, they would they have a, a short list of players that just kind of have, you know, that they're in a position where it's like, hey, we like you. We'd like you to come play for us. And then it's essentially um, whoever picks up the phone and says, hey, I'm coming, is going to be who they get. Um, I don't know if there are going to be any immediate visits. Those visits may have already happened. And... The post stuff is a little bit more fluid. They're, I think they're a little bit earlier in that process. And the, the other thing is, I mean, there has there is an abundance of guards in the transfer portal. There is not an abundance of posts in the transfer right, portal. In women's college basketball. I think in any college basketball, there's always uh, there's, like if there's you, more If guards. you want a guard that is 5'10 or shorter, you are in luck. Like, you, you, are, you are in, I mean, you have a target-rich environment 
to go out and, and find a player that fits what you're looking for. 5'10 for women, 6'1, 6'2 men and under. They're, they're plentiful. Yes, just, they just, are abundant. You go in there and look. So the fight's always a little tougher for the post. It's like offensive line, right? I mean, there are plenty of skilled people in the portal if you go look at positions. The difference is the line. Yes, there are some, but, you know, some are better than others, and those are going to go quicker. I mean, that's just – it's more difficult to find line. It's more difficult to find skilled post people. I think that's not earth-shattering news. I think that's just how it works. And I think, again, location, you know, for basketballs, for football, you're battling a lot of schools close to you on a lot of these as far as distance goes. So I, I think – It'll be interesting to see Brenda Mock Brown, the success she had, bringing back a majority of the team, bringing back a majority of the staff, being able to kind of land some recruits to complement what she's already kind of built for Coach Savage. Obviously, it's not quite from scratch because I think he has very good pieces still left on the roster. He's going to have to have more new pieces. But again, I think the thing for him – is everywhere he has been when he's taken a new job, it's the first year of that staff. So even though he's not been a head coach, every year he's gone in somewhere, it's their first year there, they've had to rebuild or re – and not even just rebuild rosters, but rebuild connections with current players on the roster. So it's going to be interesting to see because I think Brenda Mock Brown has should write a book on whatever she did in the first year to build relationships because that was yeah. incredible. It, it was really remarkable. And and I talked to Jaden Seymour earlier today, actually, and he kind of underscored what you're talking about is uh, Brooke Savage came in here and said, I want to build relationships with these players like you guys weren't recruited by me but you're my players so I want to get to know you I want to build a rapport with you I want you to trust me so that when the time comes and I need to put you in a specific role for the team to be at its best you know we have the the relationship built up that you trust me to to that that that's doing what's in the best interest of the team um, and also that it's not just some you know petty personal thing or some ego thing or that I don't think the world of you because like, I don't know for whatever reason. So there's plenty of reasons coaches do things that they do. Um, but he really wanted to make it a relationship based program and uh, having, you know, those, those back and forth, those dialogues, those rapports with your players. It's really, really important. And uh, you know, clips that, that seemed to resonate with clips, which I think is uh, a great sign because uh, Jaden is, is very much a fan favorite. I think at this point, in his career, somebody that people are really fond of. Uh, you see Buck fans on social media that really get fired up for for Jaden Seymour. So um, I, uh, I I was I was just I was excited to hear that because, like you said, you know, a coach that needs to hit the ground running to keep what few players he has bought in while still trying to add. You need those players to have your back. You need those players bought in because that's going to help you. Uh, bring in the players that you really are going to help you get over the top and and maybe maybe cut down the nets in Asheville. Uh, and I also think Brenda Bach Brown's ability to build relationships with her players on the fly helped men's basketball too, because Kendall Foley, you know, what talked to Makai Johnson, talked to his dad, and was like, yeah, you know, this place is great. These fans are awesome. They stopped me in the supermarket and asked for pictures, like. 
just all kinds of stuff. Um, like the ability to build those relationships and get people to buy in has helped the whole family of ETSU basketball. It's not just women's basketballs in a silo doing their own thing. Men's basketballs in a silo doing their own thing. These programs are interconnected. And that is when you know that you've got something really special. And that's two coaches that know how to connect to their players that are authentically, emotionally invested in their players and their players see that and they buy into what the program wants to be and, and the ultimate mission of the program, whether that's X's and O's, whether that's big picture stuff, they buy into the program because they know that their coach gives a rip about them, the person, and not just them and what they can bring to a basketball team. I think that's the one thing Coach Savage did a good job. I think he needs to be his own man, but the one thing I thought Steve Forbes did when he came in and he asked me right after his first press conference, he goes, well, how do you think it went? I said, well, why? Because what, what do you think the best part was? I said, well, besides the fact you said man-to-man and you got a standing ovation um, defense. <laughs> I said, besides that, well, which, which, he didn't, which he said, I didn't even know Bartow played zone. I had no idea. I said, but the big thing was, I said, a lot of our fans, you know, were talking about, like, they didn't want to hear, and he did not know this, that you know, my guys, because the fans already had a connection with players, yes. such as Seymour in this instance is in a great example. Instance, I guess at that point it probably would have been what A.J. Merriweather. Right. One of you know, guys. Lester yeah. Wilson. He Lester was Wilson, a fan yeah. favorite. So, I mean, the fans had a connection to them. And sort of, Forbes, you're the new guy, not these guys. Like, you know, these are our guys. Like, yeah. you got to figure out how to make it work. So mm-hmm. I told him, you know, I thought that line w- was good. And he said, well, I've coached enough Juco to know, like, you know, just who, whatever you inherit, whatever you get, like that, that's it. So I do think Coach Savage did take a, a page. And, and I don't know, and maybe Coach Forbes relayed kind of that was a hit. And I'm not saying slip service because I've seen Coach Savage spend time with the guys and talk about it. And I think we've even had cl- – uh, uh, a clip of it, right, where we mic'd him up and he's talking about, hey, I think it was to Seymour, actually. It was to Seymour. Right, where he's talking about, hey, man, you know, it needs to be a leader. I'm trying to get you some help. I need you to do this. I need you to be you and be the guy. So I think you're starting to see sort of that. But it's all about, you know, uh, this whole business relationships. And I know it's a lot of talk about, well, they're really signing with the school. I mean, are they? I mean, they're going to the, – they're, they're – there are a few. I, I admit, uh, yes, there are, yes and no. There are yes a few no. that grow up. I want to go to this school. I am this. I'm going there, and then they make it happen. I get that. Mm-hmm. There are still a lot. It's the relationship with the coaches. It's the relationship with who's recruiting them, the players that get them to campus, and then hopefully they turn into somebody that loves you know the place they're at or find a connect or whatever it may be. But I, I think to think that people are just signing because it is the school I think is a bit of a farce I think there are plenty that do but I think there is some that it is about the relationship you know and I think Jalen Haynes had a great relationship with coach Oliver and he had a great relationship with Vince Martin who used to coach him at AAU and he felt like that relationship's going it's not that he dislikes ETSU or didn't like the school or didn't enjoy his time here it was about the relationship there and so his case is is different so I think Coach Savage is doing uh, what he should be doing and I know he's talked to Coach Mock and I would have to imagine he probably had to say hey you came in in a situation that was way different than me and you had to adjust on the fly how did you do it what was some of your thoughts and I know they've kind of talked shop on her philosophy so I like you know when you get to see 
kind of that um, relationships between coaches because, you know, it's a fraternity no matter what sport you coach, yeah. and they're dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're dealing with uh, players and egos and, and parents and social media and all the other things that go on into it. But um, Seymour reminds me a little bit of Kevin Tiggs. Um, it's just their personality. Now, Ke- yeah, I Kev- can see Kevin that. has a yeah. much different home life backstory, but the, they're always smiling. You ask them any question, they are gracious. The laughter, the inf- like, the the famous quote of Kevin, uh, you know, you have a horrific kind of background story and all this, and you should tell. I mean, but you're happy all the time, and he's like, "What's a choice? I can choose to be happy or not." And I asked Seymour one time, and he's like, "Man, I like to have fun. I choose to have fun every day." Mm-hmm. And so, if you were a fan of Kevin Tiggs and have not paid attention to Jaden Seymour, I encourage you because there are a lot of similarities besides the fact that I think they're very talented basketball players. Also, drop your anime Rex for Seymour uh, in the replies when this goes up on Twitter. Uh, he is. He was going through One Piece, but he ran out of dubbed episodes, so he's uh, he's looking for something to hold him over. I'm sorry. He did, drop your who? Anime recommendations. Anime recommendations. Okay. Yeah. Seymour. Seymour. Seymour likes anime. He's he's, he's into that's, it. Uh, that's the Japanese cartoons. Yes. Okay. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, One Piece. I think there was another one he's watched. I told him to check out Gundam Wing. As like, where you know five. Is that the is that the dance? Gundam? No, Gundam Wing is the giant robots. Oh, which one's the dance? The dance. Gundam style. Gundam style. Gundam style. Yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, yeah, that's Korean. That's Korean pop music. Okay. Oh, by Gundam style. Sigh, <clears throat> please don't come after us. Um. Yeah, that's now you've got the you got the. Song yeah, I know. I'm head. dancing. I'm dancing over here. Yeah, I like the song. Yeah. All right. All right, so we'll be back next week. Yep. Next week, there's a lot of meetings this week because you know, believe it or not, we do have other jobs. Believe uh, it or not, it is shocking that we do do other things, uh, and this is the time of year that we do other things because we're kind of out of season of some stuff. But uh, all right, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we'll yep. have uh, people signed that we can talk about uh, because uh, we've talked so. a lot about people leaving. Well, we want to talk about more people coming in. Yes, we would like to talk more about people coming in. Um, there are. Uh, I think there's some folks that we're fairly optimistic about or that the coaches are optimistic about, but we can't talk about them yet. Uh, I think there's there's one player in particular that Brooks Savage has been talking about a lot that I hope we get the opportunity to uh, to meet the young man because he, he could be a really impactful player for ETSU. All right. Uh, Keith's going to have a little staycation. We'll talk to him on Monday. We'll be back with you another episode of Jane Keith. Buccaneer Sports Network. Oh, you gotta be kidding me!